0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Dollars and Cents. My name is Bill Slover. I'm a certified wealth strategist with Allen & Company. I work out of the Viera, Florida office. With me today is Robin Chaddick, our director of marketing, and our director producer, Kevin. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and innovation. You know, I am a huge fan of the TV show, known as Shark Tank. Uh, For anybody who's not familiar with that, basically it's uh, people enter a TV set known as The Tank to present their products and services to a group of potential investors. Each entrepreneur asks for money and expertise from one of the sharks. These are are people who are uh, uh, well-suited to business as they've they've been entrepreneurs, started their careers as entrepreneurs previously and have been extremely successful. Uh, What I enjoy most about the show is how entrepreneur has built something that solves a problem, creates something that is amazing. And and many times these businesses are built with very little initial funding. What is always true is uh, of those that strike a deal is that they overcame obstacles uh, that to many would seem perhaps insurmountable. You know, talk about uh, overcoming some things that are seemingly uh, insurmountable. As, as a child, I grew up uh, and, and watched the first man walking on the moon. And, you know, the, it was a very grainy black and white picture, but I was mesmerized by all of that.
1: But you know what? Wait a minute. I want to interrupt you for a second, Bill. I think we all had black and white TVs at that point, didn't we? <laughs> and Kevin doesn't know about black and white TV, but... Well, there was color TV
0: at the time, but... Was there? But, my, but,
1: I remember watching the same thing. Yeah. It was in July because it was close to my birthday and watching him walk across the yeah, moon. Yeah, it's
0: just, it's just that which was televised from the moon was yes. just hap, happened to not be in color. And I don't know that we even had a color TV at the time. I don't really remember because uh, our neighbors had one first, and we would all run in from outside <laughs> listen, playing just to watch the Peacock the NBC. Listen, peacock.
1: Every kid that I remember had one neighbor that had the proverbial color TV because it was the same in our neighborhood, and that was the popular house, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. They yeah. may as they they may as well have had a. A soft serve ice cream machine in their house
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> but I, I you know i was so uh, fixated on that and and watching and and you know staying up late was was not a norm for myself and my, my well siblings. that was part
1: of the treat right was getting to stay up late to see it well
0: you know and after everyone else had gone to bed i would sit there and watch it i was just fascinated i just it was like i, I had no idea what time it was but I, I just couldn't take my eyes off it. everybody else had already gone to bed but i was just so fascinated with what I was witnessing, and I think my parents—that was just not a norm. Like I said, it's just right. stay up late, but to be able to stay up—I think my parents just they realized what a historical.
1: Yeah, it uh, was just one of those. Significance was
0: going on. It
1: was one of those points in time that I think, as Americans, even young, or you know, we were children. We were—I mean, we're about the same age. So I think we would have been right around ten. I think uh, I'd have roughly. to have my
0: dates, but I don't okay. want to reveal I, too much. <laughs>
1: but I but I remember because there was this sense of I know pride. the earth had
0: had already cooled. Yes. So we, <laughs> okay. we we were okay. Well
1: thanks. Thanks for that. Oh, I had this aura of being not quite that old, but anyway, um but I but I you know there was this great sense of Before Americana was coined, right? There was just this great uniting factor in that historical moment that we all felt proud about. And I think, um, clearly, I was a child then. I wasn't a parent, but I I would love to understand from my parents' perspective what were you thinking at that time and. You felt it was significant enough to let us stay up, and it was important. I mean, it wasn't even about letting us stay up in my house. It was like, everybody sit down. We're going to all watch this together.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, it was of course, it was much later. You know, I moved then. I lived in upstate New York at the time, and uh, when I moved to Florida, I actually moved to the Space Coast. I moved to Melbourne, Florida, right on the Space Coast. So now, you know, we're living right in the shadow of the Kennedy Space Center, and, and, you know, from my own backyard, I could watch rocket launches and shuttle launches. And now today, you know, we, you know, this whole thing has evolved where those rockets that would just sort of splash down in the ocean and be recovered. Now they're, they're returning.
1: Right. And you
0: can watch that. You can watch them. It's, it's, it's like watching the, the, the film in reverse. Right. And watch them land and, and be reused, you know. And I, I just, it's just so amazing the, the innovation that continues to come out of that program. And, you know, I think what crazy person thought that it would be a good idea to send people to the moon?
1: I don't even know. I don't, you know, because I'm still, I'm kind of like you and and we're here in, in Lakeland. So I get up at whatever crack of dawn time it is in the morning when they do those launches and we can see them from here. I mean, I am still as enamored with that as i was as a young especially a young girl that was you know that was kind of boy science and all that kind of stuff but there was something fascinating about it so i don't know i don't think that's even in the realm of something i could think of
0: yeah and i gotta tell you if you're watching it from the beach it's a whole different vision I- it's a I, whole
1: different I'm I, you know you've invited me before you and Karen and I'm happy to come so just let me know I'm happy to watch it from the beach side
0: <laughs> Well yeah we'll 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 make that happen at some point Okay Yeah you know, so I, I I wonder what brought somebody who was crazy enough to think that we could launch rockets and send people to the moon but not you know not crazy enough to think they couldn't do it if you know what I mean Yeah I know
1: exactly you what know? you mean
0: And and so I it, have, if you've ever heard the speech uh, from John F. Kennedy where he talks about going to the moon, you know, he said, we choose to go to the moon, we choose to go to the moon in this decade. He was very specific and, and do other things, not because they're easy, but because they're hard, uh, because the the goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, uh, because that challenge is, is, is one that we are willing to accept one we are un- unwilling to postpone, and we intend to win, and others too. And, you know, if you haven't seen that speech, or even if you have and you haven't seen it in a while, go back and look at that. You know, you can Google search it, look it up on YouTube, and watch that speech in its entirety. And I got to tell you, its it, it was such incredible leadership. I don't know if he wrote John F. Kennedy wrote that speech himself. I'm sure he's influential, but, you know, I, I think we, we all can agree if we can remember JFK. He was a phenomenal communicator. Yes, he was. Right, just mm-hmm. absolutely, and, and obviously very charismatic. So I think we can— You're um,
1: going to take a quick break?
0: Yeah, let's take a break, and, and we'll come back, and we'll talk more about this and, and more about innovation and entrepreneurship and, and just how important that is to our country and, and more importantly, our Okay, we are back, and I, we left talking about the speech from John F. Kennedy about sending people to the moon. Uh, this the speech was titled "Address uh, at Rice University on the Na- Nation's Space Effort." So look that up, and please I encourage you to you know gather your kids around your grandkids and have them listen to that. I, I, I am never without being in awe every time I hear that.
1: Well, and as a parent doing that or a grandparent doing that, I think you're setting a great tone for really what we want to do as parents and teachers, and that is inspire. And, you know, sometimes we might not be the source of inspiration, but we can certainly point um, our children, our grandchildren in that direction. And I know both you and I feel very much the same way about that particular address. Kennedy had several that are just forefront in the mind, but that one is particularly inspiring and and I think gives hope. And what better time to give hope than right now in this country, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, along with that, you know, I think he really fostered the whole idea of, of critical thinking. We had not even the technology to go to the moon. And, and yet, because of, of his inspiration, we just pushed the envelope. Over and over again, and until these obstacles were were overcome, and you know, speaking of things like critical thinking, I, and sometimes I think we lack that a bit today. You know, unfortunately, you know, you'll see some exams that are really just regurgitating mm-hmm. something that you memorize. But what did that, what did you really learn from that as an individual? You know, I, I talk about critical thinking, and there's a there's a term. It's called learned helplessness. I don't know if you've ever heard of that.
1: I'll tell you what. um, I have only because of you. And one thing that we want to make sure that the audience knows is that you write a blog every month and have for, has it been four years, maybe? I don't know. It's a lot of blogs. It
0: it's it, it, yeah. I, I counted them, it, it, and there's a few. Yeah. yeah. So I have to do the math in my head. I'm not. I'm not really ready for that. I'm
1: point. sorry. I, I threw that one at you. <laughs> um, but he has written a blog for our company website for I would say it's been about four years, maybe a little longer. Mm-hmm. And there was one particular blog that you targeted that particular. Particular topic, and I, it's one of my favorite blogs that you've ever written. So, for our audience, it's real value um, at alleninvestments.com to check that out. But let's talk about critical thinking and learned help,
0: helplessness. Learned helplessness. Yeah. So, and this topic came up because I attended, uh, I was standing at a meeting, it was actually one of my rotary meetings, and there was a woman there addressing. Us about the subject of, of Down syndrome. She has a, a grown child who's gainfully employed and who has uh, Down syndrome, and you know anyone who walks the walk, right? If you if that's your child, walks the walk and talks the talks every day, and I don't care what their background is. They're an expert right. in, in in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, and one member that was listening conveyed an experience that she had had with a. a, a person with Down syndrome. And basically, uh, she was trying to assist the, cu- uh, the customer, the, the individual with the syndrome. And she was doing it in a fairly elementary and maybe too much of an elementary fashion. Um, she quickly learned uh, that the, the customer, she was very much underestimating their abilities, You know, Mm -hmm. based on her perception, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And as the speaker on this topic said, this is very common. And she she then said the term used was learned helplessness, Uh, and this is something she said really needs to be avoided. And I and I thought about it, and I said, you know, you don't have to have any kind of difference to make sure you pay attention that when you're dealing with your kids, your grandkids, Mm -hmm. so. Learned helplessness basically is, is when a person is constantly subjected to a negative stimulus that they can't get away from. Uh, they eventually stop trying to avoid the stimulus and become or at least act helpless. Um, mm. It's it's very interesting. And the, the concept was originally discovered by a sol- psychologist uh, by the name of Martin Seligman and Stephen Mayer. Uh, initially, the research involved... The behavior of of dogs and the animals um, had been conditioned by receiving an electrical shock and after hearing a a tone later the dogs were placed in a double-sided box that had a very low barrier so where they could easily jump from one side to the other Mm -hmm. and because they didn't think they could avoid that they wouldn't even jump over the box to, to any longer. Uh,
1: they felt they felt if they tried to jump over to the other side, they would get shocked.
0: Well, they had never learned anything else because they had just been conditioned to hear the sound and, and, and feel the shock.
1: Oh, wow. And,
0: and even though they, they had the ability to, mm-hmm. to get away from it, they, they simply didn't. So that's where where some of this came from. Um, is, and, 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 you know, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, is this like um, parent helicopter the whole helicoptering generation where if we're busy doing for our children they don't ever learn on their own because it's been done for them
0: i am no expert in that but i would suspect that's certainly uh, possible and you know for those who us of us who have raised teenagers you know we might think that using a little shock uh, <laughs> my...
1: if legal <laughs>
0: Might, might be a good idea, but it's it's probably not. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't own a cat, cattle prod, so, um, but but inadvertently, I think we all I know that I have I've inadvertently um, contributed to this, right? You I know, think, you,
1: yeah. I don't I don't I think it's almost impossible not to. I think doesn't part of that have to do with kind of judging a book by its cover. And, and I, making a broad based assumption of something.
0: Yeah, I think it's that, and sometimes the the teaching is too much effort. Okay. You know what I mean? You, you'd go into your, your your kid's room and and it's a mess. Mm-hmm. So you you, know, you can you can have a have a fit, or you can say, "All right, I'm just going to clean this up because I can't stand it anymore."
1: And, that that's kind of what I was getting to when we were talking about it. Is if we it's easier for me to clean it quicker than it is for me to show them what i expect from them
0: yeah and i i think that's
1: (laughs) it's an easy trap to fall in as a parent and
0: and and what we do and you know is is come about as the person who's going to always take care of it and what you're doing is really short-changing i think the child again i'm no expert in this but i i've caught myself on a number of occasions.
1: Sure. It's like enabling, that. right? Yeah. It's enabling yeah, to, it to a degree, but it's, but it goes that much further because it, it does kind of come down to, we have such a limited time with our children. We look at it, right? They're infants. They're with us for at least 18 years, if we're fortunate. Um, and then they might start moving in that direction of adulthood down whatever path they're choosing to move. So that 18 years when you think about 18 years of your life, that's a long time. But it, it, it goes quickly, and there's a lot of lessons.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. I, I think I, I've always said that uh, my children, and, and my, I have a grandchild, mm-hmm. um, I, I think they have taught me more than I have taught them.
1: Well, sometimes, anyway. <laughs> I, I, to that point, I have a saying I, I share with friends, and that is my kids have done the best possible job they could raising me. They really have done, they've given it their all. Yeah, and and I, this is where we net it out.
0: I've seen you at work, uh, yeah, at I work and I, I, I think they, they could use some additional lessons. Yes,
1: I know. <laughs> That's what happens.
0: <laughs> you know, and you know, as we look at even society today, right, and, and we see a lot of programs that are, are really well intentioned programs that are designed to help people. But too often what they do is they produce this helplessness, you know, in, in, in the very people who need the most assistance. And I've been involved with programs and, you know, it, it's amazing the, the spirit of these people. They don't want you to do it for them. They want to do it. They want to learn so that they can provide. Not just for themselves, but for their family, and, and so there's there's so much of this that just goes around in, in a cycle, you know, either, either on a, on a, just a family level, mm-hmm. or or even at a, a large C- community level, community yeah. level.
1: So, yeah. um, I think it's it is important, and I think it goes to human nature. Again, I think we all have instilled in us this desire, right, to to do, to achieve regardless of what maybe the hand that we were dealt does that make sense oh absolutely i think i don't i think again i'll go back to judging a book by its cover i think we're i think we're all born with that and i think it's society and our environment right um whether it's family environment or school environment i think that's where you know we start losing some of that desire that that thing that's inside of us. So this learned helplessness, particularly with people who have bigger challenges to overcome, I think it's easy to compartmentalize. I think, unfortunately, a lot of us do that. Again, I'm just as guilty as the next person.
0: We we all are, right? Yeah. Right. And I guess to kind of bring this back to what we talked about: um, innovation and and um, and entrepreneurship, and and how does that talk about what we do for a living investments and how does that how does that come around and and i think what we want to do is maybe talk about that in in the next next segment segment when we come back so we'll take a a quick break and we'll be right back okay so we're back and i'm having a conversation with robin Chaddock, our marketing director Robin, you know, we, we left off talking about learned helplessness, and we wanted to kind of bring this back to innovation and so forth. But I was curious, do you have any any personal stories you'd like to tell about maybe your kids? And, and leave out the details that would keep them from ever speaking to you <laughs> again, again. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm safe. One is in Japan, so he can't <laughs> hear anything. He's probably my biggest target. Um, boy, I'm going through one right now, literally right now. And it's uh, with my son, and he messaged me. He's in the service, and he said, uh, Mom, I'm going to need your help. And I am and I already know what that means. <laughs> As parents, Bill and I are smiling, we know what that means. I'm going to need your help, Mom or Dad. And I'm just thinking to myself, I wonder how much help he needs. <laughs> and so he... Um, he is serving in the Navy and he's having an issue with his cell phone. Um, he had an issue with his cell phone about two years ago too. And I, I helped back then as well. And so this is the second time I'm helping and I'm going through because I helped the first time how I'm handling it the second time. And um, as a parent Certainly I have a soft spot for him and, and because of what he's doing with his life, I have a bigger soft spot for him because I'm proud, you know, he's serving our country and, and that, and that means a lot to me. So I get weak when it comes time to that. I've, I've definitely created, um, I've definitely created this situation. So, I'm struggling right now and I have to have an answer. He's sleeping right now, so I'm (laughs) safe. (laughs) I have to have an answer this evening though, because of time differences and all as to how I'm going to help him. So yeah, I, I am going through that struggle right now. And I, I kind of have a plan on how we're going to do that, where he'll get what he needs, but I will also, he, he will, he will have to act as an, adult, not my son.
0: He's going to have to participate in the process. He gets
1: to participate <laughs> on a greater level. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, and we talked about things that our, our kids teach us and grandkids, you know, we've, we've had opportunity to have our, our granddaughter with us. Who's, she's seven. Uh, she'll be eight pretty soon. And she is such an incredible inspiration. And, you know, and now, you know, some of the mistakes, some of the things I may have done wrong with my daughter growing up, maybe I can you know, you take this opportunity to, to correct them. But but kids are such a, an amazing uh, thing to watch growing up. You know, sh- she wanted to um, learn to ride a boogie board in the ocean. And so we went out and she went through this whole process. And I thought, okay, we, we've got this. She's doing really well. Well, yeah, got her onto a wave that was maybe a little bigger than she anticipated. Or your timing can be wrong. And she absolutely got wiped out. And And I thought... Oh, this is not going to go well. And she walked out, walked out of the ocean, and she was visibly shaken by it. And I thought, uh oh, what do we do now? And so, you know, you sit down and have a little conversation. Well, that happens, but that's part of the learning process. And you know, she sat there for probably 10 minutes and then she stood up. She goes, Okay, now I'm ready. And
1: amazing. And this
0: this was Fascinating, and then I, this will be etched in my brain forever. Because she grabs the back of the the boogie board, and she knew knew how to get on it. And, you know, she's not surfing, but she's just riding a boogie board, laying on it. And here comes a wave. She goes, "Okay, here comes a good one." And she, as she's jumping up the board, she I hear her say, "Determination." And I was so ex- I thought, "Boy, well, what a lesson I've learned about that." And she did extremely well. I mean, she had a series of first that whole. A few days that we had her, you know, she at the swimming pool, she went off the high dive. She learned to ride her bike, you know, and each time she would, I could hear her saying that little phrase,
1: determination.
0: She she would like muttered under her her breath. And, you know, I thought about um, these people that we see later in life who who are extremely successful, Mm -hmm. kind of bringing this back to, we talk about Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, Damon Johns is, who was on there, you know,
1: I love him. He's my favorite, by the way. I oh. have signed, I have a picture with him and signed books by him. Is that he, right? Yeah. I, I follow him on LinkedIn. I mean, I am a big fan of his. And he's come from nothing. He came from nothing. So. Well, and,
0: and what was so incredible about that, if you've seen his background story, mm-hmm. um, it, it wasn't this massive invention. It was clothing. It was a clothing line. Boo-boo. And he, yeah, exactly. And... um what he talks about continuously is that support that he got from his mother she did a lot if i if i if memory serves me correct i think she may have even taken a mortgage on the house
1: i think she did i've read his story and um i think she was a single mom it was single mom as well yeah and so he did have a lot of support that way and and his life could have gone dramatically different
0: yeah by by his accounts uh, it could have gone and apparently yeah. uh he, he was in the company of some who well he who, lost friends yeah. and
1: that were very close to and, bad ways of life
0: and so this brings back this whole thing of um and it was it was in part a lesson if you think about it, it was in part a lesson about critical thinking not just you know what somebody was telling him at, at school and it was more than just getting you know the grades to pass the test. It was all about the, that critical thinking that got him to where he is and through life. And not to mention, obviously a tremendous amount of, of hard work. But I, I think that's one of the things that, that I love about that show. Kind, I know I'm kind of bringing this back to where we, we started the saying, you know, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day, mm-hmm. teach him fish and he'll eat for the for rest life. of his life. Mm-hmm. And I have just, um, I really hope that we can get to a point where it's it's more about tests for kids in school, and it's it's actually learning things
1: instead of memorizing things.
0: Instead of memorizing things, I I think I can I think if I look over here at at Kevin, he can probably uh, contribute to this. Did you ever take shop class in high school or junior high school? I did have the opportunity to, but um, it was not a required class. So uh, I think it would have been good if they required it for everybody, because most people, such as myself, just took, like, uh, senior study or whatever, just a free period, rather than actually learning something that could apply to their, their lives in the future. So if I asked you, could you install a three-way electrical switch, could you? Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm calling Bill Slover when I need that. <laughs> I know better.
0: Yeah, I'm looking up on Google, who can
1: do this for me? That's I'm doing. <laughs>
0: Well, and and I, you know, I think back to some of the people that were so influential in my life, you know. Obviously, my parents, number one, both right. both of my parents. But I think back to when I was in junior high school, and we were taking a class, and it was required, by the way. But we did uh, metal. Uh, no, ge- you
1: had metal, woodworking, and electric, electric, and because because the females were allowed to do home ec. And that, and they didn't change that for probably, it was a couple of years after I went through that whole process. We were required to learn how to sew, cook, and knit. Those were my options. Four years later, my youngest sister took shop class. She is definitely the most <laughs> talented of all of us. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, it, and, it, and it's a little frustrating right now when we look at, um, how many high paying jobs there are out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And sometimes the education that they're getting, the higher education doesn't, doesn't fill those positions. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, of book knowledge and, and things like that, but where, where does it lead? And, and I really believe that, that so much of the, the hands-on skills is, is so important in rounding the individual out. And, you know, in some of those shop classes, you better do some thinking on your own or you're gonna lose a finger. Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I had I had someone in my class who did. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, was that
1: is that an automatic F? Do you fail if you no, lose a finger? No,
0: you do not. You you, you you do not. I I I just remember the shop teacher picking up the finger oh, no. and rushing him down oh. rushing Daryl down to the um the nurse's office. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we can laugh about I'm it sorry. now. Um, yeah. It was just a small piece of the finger. It didn't. It didn't <laughs> cause any long-term uh, effects. But um, we all learned that day. I mean, it was some, talk about hands-on experience, or fingers-off experience. So I would really like to see us. And and you know, over where where I live in Brevard County, there's a lot of these uh, opportunities now. Four students. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the high schools has basically a miniature hangar for um, for aircraft repair. Yeah, um, we also have uh, classes that are for uh, learning to cook and prepare chefs. And they can, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I find this just uh, the academies
1: the, at the high schools. Yeah, and yeah even, they're opening that up. It's really phenomenal. They're it, doing the same is. here. It is, and
0: and you know you can. I, there was another blog I wrote about. Um, uh, Blue collar, not blue collar, but new collar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the executive uh, at, at IBM uh, at, the, at the time, they found that they, they would rather bring someone in with maybe just two years of college and teach them how to do this. You know, a friend of mine who just about a little over a year ago retired from IBM, spent his entire career from the day he walked out of college, his entire career with IBM,
1: Gosh, you don't even hear about that anymore.
0: Not not so much. And um, but you know we communicate frequently, and and it, it's interesting what, what they talk about is is that uh, in this the process of new collar is let's take your basic skills, but let's make sure that you understand how these skills work. And the great thing is that right, they come in, they get a salaried position, they get a, a decent income, mm-hmm. and then learn what it's like in the real world. And by the way, they're also paying for them to finish their additional Two formal education. Whatever.
1: Yeah, That's terrific.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm just a huge fan of, of entrepreneurship and innovation. And, and where I live on the Space Coast, there's just, you know, we see it over and over. And, and it, it's like we've got this huge brain trust over there. And I'm sure it's, it's other places, too, because I live there. I, I see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just absolutely fascinated with it. And I'd, I'd like to see us do a lot more of that and continue and, and hopefully we support those those kind of programs.
1: So we, we'll probably come back and finish our last segment and we can kind of tie the, the proverbial bow around the whole program. How's we'll do that. that.
0: Great. We'll do that when we come back. Okay, we're back with uh, Beyond Dollars and Cents and, and with me is Robin Chaddock, our marketing director at Allen & Company. My name is Bill Slover. Also with Allen and Company. I'm a certified wealth strategist with a firm. Um, Robin, you know, we've been talking about innovation and we've been talking about entrepreneurship. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you've seen in in marketing over the the last number of years, whether it be local or, or on a national level. I know you've been over to the Space Coast a number of times. What what kind of things did you do you find that are are most interesting? impressive what kind of things made a huge impact
1: gosh I don't um I don't know if they're most they're impressive I guess what's been fascinating is watching how as humans we can connect at any given hour on any given day at any given time and and we can do it digitally and you know when you and I were growing up I mean I think the technology of it all is what's so fascinating to me. And and I do kind of wonder, who came up with this idea? I mean, do you not remember thinking, the Jetsons, perfect example. Remember that cartoon? Of course. Okay, so the Jetsons, and they're flying around, and they're talking on phones, and they're carrying things. I mean, did you ever think in this lifetime we would walk around with a computer in our hand? And we could talk and we could hunt things down and we could get pictures of people we love. Did you ever I, think that?
0: Yeah. And what's fascinating about that, bringing it back to the, the space program, I've, I've heard many times that the computing power on that that device that we hold in our hand is probably many times greater than that which launched the first rockets into space and even even on the the shuttle itself it was older technology Uh now it has to be far more reliable obviously so there's a great deal of redundancy Mm -hmm. in those in those plans but um, yeah I I,
1: I think technology is the thing and I think you know from a marketing perspective being able to gather information which is scary to me in some way shape form fashion um, how much information can be collected? On us. So we as marketers are able to target um, specific people. And for those people who have Facebook, you see it in, um, and it kind of manifests through Facebook ads. Or one time you Googled one one obscure squitting pasta, for example, and now all of a sudden, you know, two hours later, you see that same ad on right. your Facebook or, or, feed. Or you
0: sneeze and your computer comes up and says, good not send tight.
1: <laughs> no, I think that's Alexa. Is she in the room? <laughs> Just checking. But,
0: but I think it all goes back to somebody who was inspired by somebody. Right. You know, they had this idea and somebody said, oh, that's ridiculous. That's impossible. You can't do that. I've mentioned uh, previously about the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Particularly, I'm a little more familiar with the one by me. But what, what I always find so great is that there is no, you can't do this because of your circumstances. And there are some, some kids involved there that whose circumstances are far less than ideal. Mm-hmm. But what I love about that, that particular program is they say, okay, we're going to provide you a place to study, to do your work, and we're going to encourage you to do it. A lot of the kids, you know, when they come home, their parents are, are in a position where maybe they can't help because their education w- was lower mm-hmm. so that's what i would love to see a lot more of is not just in the school but in the community in the community mm-hmm. where uh, kids can go and say and i'll give you an example um my daughter came home struggling in with physics mm-hmm. and i looked up physics and i realized I probably am not the one to be able to help. But in my situation, I had a, a, a neighbor, and I'm talking to him about that. He goes, oh, well, you know, that's what my Ph.D. is, and just sent her over. And, you know, within wow. a fairly short period of time, she was back on track because of that. But but you, there's just not that same opportunity. Resources. Right? Resources. And, and you yeah. know, when you talk to these kids, they come from some pretty tough backgrounds, some sometimes very tough home situations, mm-hmm. but they're bright bright, bright kids. I mean, extremely intelligent and take charge kids because the one thing that they have going for them is they've had to adapt. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's a, a trait that maybe is a little more difficult to, uh, to teach. And so that, that's where I would love to see innovation work, you know, not just in the schools, but beyond. Um, well,
1: we saw a perfect example of that. You and I, when we took our tour in your county, of what was the academy that no we limits to, academy. no limits academy yeah what an amazing place and we saw some kids that were we saw one young lady getting ready to go into um a, a regular college format i mean she was going to college at, and, and uh,
0: at florida institute of Technology. Yeah, yeah
1: i mean if you can't be inspired in those moments which we all were and Obviously, that's an organization that we like to support at at Allen & Company, but that's, I think, a perfect example of what you're talking about. That was a woman who became an expert, you know, the director of that organization, because she had a son and then adopted another son. And her kids' stories were impressive. So, I mean, I don't know about you, right? I know how you felt when you left, because I felt very much the same. Um, I would... I would have our audience also look into No Limits Academy. Pretty impressive. It, it was
0: incredibly impressive. And, and so that we know if we can take that um, with, with people with tremendous challenges, then we can extend that out into the community um, to... Uh,
1: Give everybody it, the opportunity to contribute. That's what that's about, right?
0: And, and that's, I think that's sometimes what we're unaware of right mm-hmm. i mean how many times i wrote a blog if you remember it was called what to do when somebody gives you the bird
1: yeah i love <laughs> i love that one too you everybody needs to check that one out that's such a cool blog and it
0: was it was basically a bird who had crashed into the, our building and mm-hmm. i thought the bird had expired and and i i somebody in my office says oh you ought to take them down to the the, the, the refuge here and then maybe they can do something with the bird and sure enough they it was just uncom- we need
1: to have them we need to yeah, have them on too because yeah. that was a cool story about what they the services that they offer as yeah, well yeah
0: and but but my point to that was i drove by i've 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 lived right for 40 years in in brevard county mm-hmm. and i've driven by that place countless times they right off the highway you don't see them from the road but i've driven by and never knew it was there until i had this little bird in a box mm-hmm. and um Somebody in my office said, Oh, you ought to bring them here. So I look it up and I said, I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that in our community that, you know, if we if we sort of take a different route home or we just look um, a little more carefully as we're driving by these things, there's so much that that that's out there and available. And and I, I really believe that there's a lot that we can do for our kids so that they can then do for us, as as I said, my my grandfather. Granddaughter does for me. She's very inspirational. She really is.
1: Well, she had to learn determination somewhere, right? She learned that. Determination is learned. I mean, we have some of that spirit within us, I believe. This is just my thought. But I think when you have the kind of support around you, speaking to all of the points you've made earlier, that determination becomes a little bit easier when you have that kind of support.
0: I absolutely agree yeah. and and sometimes uh, when when you have kids in an environment where that's not readily available, it would be nice if those who of us who who can maybe step in do, do that step in do step in mm-hmm. and um, and I'm sure that you know if you looked at all the innovations that came about with with the goal of putting man on the moon
1: mm-hmm. what that opened up
0: and that that all came from not the person, well, obviously from the person who who came up with the technology, Mm -hmm. but also somebody who was back there supporting them. And so we'll we'll perhaps talk about that at at another time. And we've got some good programs, I think, coming up that we can lend that to it. So we're going to wrap it up. And and thanks so much for uh, being here with me, Robin, on this episode of Beyond Dollars and Cents. And thank you so much.
1: It's my pleasure. And don't forget to check out Bill's blog. Um, real value. I think you'll get to know Bill a little bit more once you start reading about him and, and hearing his podcast. So thank you.
0: Great. Have a good day. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult with an appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Guests appearing on the show and their respective companies are not affiliated with LPL Financial and Allen & Company. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA SIPC.